0: Welcome to the newest edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. John Schmelk with you, today's guest, NFL Network. NFL Draft Analyst Daniel Jeremiah. But first, I want to remind you that you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on the Giants mobile app on Giants.com slash podcast and all of your favorite podcast platforms where you can find all the Giants podcast offerings, including the Giants Huddle, Giants Rewind with Carl Banks, and then, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is our daily show every weekday, one hour long. We're getting everybody ready for the NFL Draft. Daniel Jeremiah, again, NFL Network's lead draft analyst. You can find him on Twitter at MoveTheSticks. You can also find him on the the MoveTheSticks podcast with Bucky Brooks. They're starring their 360 series on that. And you can also find them on NFL Network on Path to the Draft every weekday at 8 p.m., which is a must-watch for people that love the NFL Draft. Daniel, thank you so much for being with us. First off, I hope you and your family are doing well in these very, very strange times here in America.
1: Now nah, we're doing good. I appreciate you asking. I uh, hope everything's well on your end with your crew. Um, it's uh, it's crazy time we live in, but I, I cherish these moments where we can you know, get a little bit of an escape and, and talk some sports.
0: All right, Daniel, let's get right to it then. If you take a look at your top 50 on NFL.com, you have Isaiah Simmons as a third-ranked prospect, Derek Brown at number four, Jeffrey Okuda at five. Then you have the offensive tackles. Makai Becton's your top one at seven. And in number 10, you have Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. So let's start with it this way. You talk about position value when you evaluate these prospects. How does Isaiah Simmons' positional value, generally speaking, inside linebackers, are valued less than offensive tackles? Just look at the transition tags for the positions, for example. But does the fact that Isaiah Simmons is so versatile and can do so many different things from off-ball linebacker to safety to slot corner to pass rusher, does that close the gap a little bit when it comes to positional value?
1: Yeah, I think I think it does make a difference uh, when you talk about somebody that can play all those different spots like Simmons can when you're comparing him to you know other defensive players and premier positions when you're talking about edge rush or corner you know corner is going to be more valued by most teams than a linebacker but I think this kid's not just a linebacker it's all the different things he can do that separates him uh, from the bunch but you know you look on the other side of it and then it's okay you know, and we'll get into this, but talking about the offensive tackle position, you can say the need is greater on defense, but the ultimate, uh, you know, ultimate quest for this team is to see Daniel Jones continue to grow, develop, and take that next step, and so that's when I come down on this saying, okay, I, I might have higher grades on these defensive players, but where is our focus, where's our priority, and to me, it has to start with, uh, with helping this kid really be successful.
0: Yeah, and you kind of took me exactly where I was going to go, Daniel. From a team-building perspective, you draft a quarterback last year. You have a running back in Saquon Barkley. You want to protect your quarterback. You have Nate Solder, just two years left on his contract, over 30 years old. Right now you have a competition, a right tackle between Cameron Fleming, a free Asian addition, and Nick Gates, an undrafted guy from a couple years ago. So when you're trying to build a team, does that trump some of the overall great stuff that we've talked about already?
1: I think so. I think finding the quarterback is number one, and then building an environment that can help him grow and flourish is number two. That's the, the team's going to go as far as he's going to take him. Uh, you know, and Daniel Jones is not the best football player on the Giants team right now. You, everybody would say they would have Saquon Barkley there, but what you can do for him to grow and to secure the status as being this franchise quarterback—that's that's the most important thing. So, if we say we look at this Giants roster right now, and from somebody on the outside. I would say, okay, everything goes well. Um, you, a great turnaround would be an eight or nine win season. Well, what do you want that to look like? To me, I would rather have that eight or nine season come in some games. Maybe you lose some shootout games, but your quarterback is protected and he's, his confidence is, is growing and you're starting to see him really flourish. I'd rather have those eight or nine wins come in that fashion and win in every game 10 to seven. And, uh, and now I've got a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of confidence and he don't know, is he really the guy? Do we need to go get another one. Uh, that, to me, is is the way I would go is I would load up around him.
0: Now, you're someone that obviously was in the Ravens front office for a while. Do you look at the two positions and think about how scarce offensive tackles have been, not only in these drafts, but in free agency, too? Look, Jack Conklin was a free agent, but only because they didn't pick up the fifth-year option because of an injury, right? These guys just don't become available. So how much of this you have to strike when the iron's hot, when you get the rare draft class, when you get this many guys that are actually available when you pick?
1: Well, I think it's a great point, and I talk to college coaches all the time, and I was talking to one a couple months ago. He brought up a great point. He said, we are looking for a graduate transfer offensive tackle, and the way the college game works now, you know, these kids go into this transfer portal, and then they're available. He said, these kids go into the transfer portal, they're they're committed to another team within two hours of entering the transfer portal, because (laughs) we're all trying to find offensive tackles. Well, it's the same in the NFL. You know, I go through every team, and, and you're trying to get ready for the draft and okay, what do they need? And you'd be amazed every team, you get almost every team. They need it. They need an offensive tackle and a corner. I mean, it's like across the board, like those needs are not going away. And when you're in a position to solve one of those and the difference between a corner and a tackle is if you get a quality tackle, that might be a 14 or 15 year guy that's going to play and, and nail down that spot, a corner, you're not going to have quite as long a shelf life there because of the reliance on the athleticism. But uh, man, this is a, uh, it's a great need to check off and not have to worry about it anymore.
0: All right. Potentially trade down since there are those three, depending on how you think about Andrew Thomas, four top tackles in this class. If the Giants want to trade down, you need a dance partner to do this, right? No. Do you think there will be a team that is looking to trade up at four? Do you think the Lions are going to make that move ahead of the Giants, which might limit the Giants' options? How do you see that trade market develop this year with the quarterbacks that could go ahead of the Giants.
1: Well, I think it depends on what happens in front. You know, I think if Detroit wants to move, I would imagine they would more than likely have an opportunity to do that. If they don't have an opportunity to move, I would find it I would find it odd that the Giants would, um, because the people move up for quarterbacks. I mean, that's more than likely what you're moving up for, and that to me would be a battle between five and six with Miami and the Chargers um, to try and get up for. You know, assume it's Tua, but it could be Herbert, whoever they like at the position. Um, but I, if I'm in their shoes, I'm placing the call to the, to the first available opportunity that I have. We assume Washington will take Chase Young. So if that happens, then the first opportunity to move up for your quarterback is at three. So, I, you know, look, Dave Gettleman, nobody would love it more than me to see that for the first time, to see him take the plunge and trade back just so we have something to talk about on the TV broadcast. Uh, but I don't know that he's going to get the opportunity to do so.
0: You have Cesar Ruiz in your top thirty. Let's get to the Giants pick at thirty-six. Is he the only center that you think is worth a top fifty pick in that draft, where the Giants might consider a thirty-six?
1: Well, I like Lloyd Cushenberry too. Uh, I would put him in there. Those both those guys are in my top fifty on my player list. And Cushenberry, a little bit better athlete, I think, than Ruiz. He's got a little bit better bend and balance. Uh, Ruiz is a little more—he's stronger, a little more physical, can do everything. So I, I have Ruiz as the top guy. Um, but I think Lloyd Cushenberry is very much deserving of, of being a top 50 pick, and I don't think that would be a reach at all there in the second
0: round. We talk about offensive tackles having a lot of value, obviously, then edge rushers do too, right? Those guys go go up against yep. each other trying to disrupt the pass game. This is a bit of a scarce class in terms of edge rushers, Daniel. So after Chase Young, is this going to be a deal where the scarcity drives the, the price up on these guys a little bit, where it's going to tough to find value for the Giants at 36 and 99 at that spot?
1: Yeah, it's going to be tricky. I'm, I'm curious to see when the next guy goes off the board. Because when I just grade them purely as players, you know, Chase Young's my top guy. And then then you start getting to me like Chase on Caleb on Chase on from LSU is, is like my 25th player, somewhere around that range. Uh, AJ Epines is in that ballpark. I think, though, because, you know, there just aren't edge rushers, you're going to see teams, so many teams need one you're going to see those guys get elevated and they're going to get picked a little bit higher than maybe they should. And then I'm curious to see, is that a trickle down effect? You know, you get to guys like, you know, Daryl Taylor from Tennessee who you think is going to be a third round pick. Uh, Julian O'Quara from Notre Dame to me is more of a third round type player, late second round type player. I won't be surprised you see these guys, you know, shoot up the board uh, just because we don't really have any, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see if teams stick to their grades or if they get a little more need-based and say, hey, we, we've got to get an edge rusher, we got to push this kid up.
0: How do you see Zach Vaughn out of Wisconsin? Because you watch him on tape, I think he's an excellent edge rusher, but he's like 230 no. pounds, so can you play no. him there every down? Is he a guy that maybe you play – as an inside guy in a 3-4 on downs, 1-2, and two, and rush him on third down, is he a guy that can drop into coverage? How do you view him as a player? Because I think that could be a sweet spot if he's sitting there at 36.
1: Yeah, I think he's a really good player. And, I, look, he does not have the ideal size that you'd want to be able to hold up on the edge uh, on an every-down basis. But he's shown he's athletic enough. He can play off the ball. You know, in a 3-4 playing inside, that will be an adjustment for him. Um, but, I mean, I was in Baltimore. We had a guy named Jared Johnson, who Jared Johnson went from a defensive tackle defensive end to outside linebacker to inside linebacker. So I've seen it be done before when somebody has instincts to be able to play play off the ball and grow into that role. But I just know when you get in passing situations, I don't care if he's size or not, I'm going to let him rush off the edge and and give some people some fits.
0: Daniel, someone that's been in the draft room and been in the draft meetings with these teams that are going on right now, how is this situation In self isolation affecting not only the preparation for the draft right now, but then when you get to draft day, how is this new technological world they're gonna be conducting the draft with going to change how things go?
1: Well, I've used the phrase, you know, it's a popular one, right? Where you wanna measure twice and cut once. I think the importance on your preparation coming into the event has never been more important. And a great example of that is I think, you know, you ought to scrimmage out. Every possible, conceivable trade you could make in the first round, and have those conversations with teams. Hey, look, we're not going to say players, but if we're the Giants at four, if you want to move it two, if you're not happy with who's there, and we potentially want to move up, let's get the let's get the framework of what that would look like. Conversely, you know, hey, if you know, you call the teams picking, you know, ten spots up to ten spots behind you. If you wanted to move up. This is kind of what we'd be looking for. So when you're on the clock and and you get a phone call, you're not having to start from scratch because that's going to be difficult to coordinate with all the different parties uh, in that amount of time. So again, I think the importance of the preparation, that's going to be huge.
0: And then how is the undrafted for agent process going to go? Because we know that is just a fire drill. Once (laughs) you get there, a million different people on the phone. How do you think that's going to work, trying to get those guys locked up once you get past day three?
1: Well, I think what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to give autonomy to different folks. So, you know, the way the teams I was with, we did it. You pair up a scout and a coach. And then once you got players, you know, you'd get a list and say, "Okay, I had running backs when I was with the Eagles. So it would be me and Deuce Staley, who was the running backs coach. They would say we can sign two running backs. You have a budget of signing bonus budget of $10,000 or whatever. So we had our list of guys, we would we call, you know, kind of the late round free agent type players the week of the draft, start recruiting them then, and then we would, you know, once the draft ends, boom, you, you're you together with him on a Zoom conference with you and the coach, and you're trying to get agents and, and players either on that, or you're calling them on a cell phone, but you're trying to get that contact done, and then really just kind of work down the list. But in the past, we would always come back to the draft room and kind of consult and say, okay. Uh, they might say, well, we ended up giving this offensive tackle $5,000 more than we wanted to. So we got to take that from another position. Like, no, you're going to have a strict budget and you're going to have to be you know, disciplined and organized and say, okay, we got to get four offensive linemen. This is what we're working with. Those two guys need to go solve that problem and then bring us back the names and we'll get the contracts done.
0: All right, Daniel, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us. And more importantly, hope you and your family stay safe. Yeah, all the best. Be safe too. That's Daniel Jeremiah. You can find him on Path to the Draft every weeknight at 8 p.m. on NFL Network, breaking down the NFL Draft. And you can find him on Twitter at Move the Sticks and on the Move the Sticks podcast, which he co-hosts with Bucky Brooks on all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can find more of that interview coming your way. A couple of exclusive parts of that we did not play on the podcast. Stay tuned for that on Giants.com, the week of the NFL Draft. Thank you so much for being with us. And again, you can find all the Giants podcasts, including the Giants Huddle podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, the Giants mobile app, and at Giants.com slash podcast. And remember, you can continue to cover the NFL Draft with us right here on Giants.com, your best NFL Draft coverage in town. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time, everybody. Until then.